Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode number 151. We're joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at VJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey Nick, how's it going? Hey John, I'm doing great. We are both pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe, and please rate the show. If you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to career enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. So uh, this week we are doing part two of a two-parter. It is the interview with Dwayne Engelhart. And if you haven't listened to part one, I would seriously encourage you to go back and listen to episode 150. It was a great, great introduction to how he got started in IT, how he got started in technology, and, and some surprising twists and turns as far as career went. For sure. I mean, he took the traditional path of uh, teacher to IT operations. That's pretty traditional, right? Yeah, yeah. I liked the fact that in that previous episode, Dwayne lived through some technology trends and a lot of stressful situations, so definitely go back and listen. It's a little bit different story today, though. Today we're going to learn about his community participation, how he got involved, and how he actually took a leadership position in a community group based in the Spiceworks community. And we'll even check in with Dwayne on how life is after retirement. What's he doing? Is he watching soap operas and eating bonbons? I guess you'll have to find out. Here we go with part two of our interview with Dwayne Englehart. Earlier you mentioned Spice World. Just so everybody knows, that has nothing to do with the Spice Girls. That is a technology conference for small, medium business IT professionals. Uh, often, it usually takes place in Austin, Texas, but it's part of the greater Spiceworks community, and that's something you have been a large part of throughout your career, Dwayne, or at least, let's just say, in the last 10, 12 years. How did that contribute to your growth once you became a member of that community? Well, the, um, when I first got in touch with Spiceworks, it was as a replacement for uh, another technology that a large vendor, large security vendor had purchased and then decided to sunset. And so I was looking for a replacement, found Spiceworks had what I needed, was free. And so I started using it. I, I have a copy of 0.7, so somewhere in my, my archives before even version one came out. And so we were using that. I didn't even realize the community was there until it hit almost, I guess, 500,000 users. And and the community was out there. And then the people I, were, I was meeting and talking to uh, in Spiceworks were very knowledgeable, friendly, willing to share. You know, everybody would share what they've done so you didn't have to go and recreate it on your own. And uh, usually there was... You know, they, they did it in such a way that even a non-degreed IT person could, could come in there and replicate, make changes to if need be. 
If not, you can go back and talk to that person and find out the stuff. I mean, you know, John, you were one of my my uh, idols. I followed you for years, and and Nick, I followed you as well. And then that was for learning and sharing purposes. Uh, as a, the spice leader for Houston and uh, working with Spice Works, I met a lot of vendors that could actually help me make progress at the bank and doing various different things. You know, most of the time I didn't have to create something from scratch because somebody else had done it already. And then, you know, you could go and, and see what they did, adapt it to for your usage. And there was no penalty, no fees, no anything. So it was a win-win. You talk, you know, there's, there's no ROI on free. It's infinity, right? Yeah. So, so basically <laughs> it's just, Hey, if you can do it, do it. Uh, so, but I got to meet a lot of vendors who had technology that could make our jobs easier as IT pros. And I loved sharing with other IT pros who maybe not have as much time to go and investigate. And, you know, being, having a spice, having a spice, uh, what do you call us? Uh, the spice groups. Uh, spice core. Because you mentioned spice leader, spice leader. So that is a leader of a spice core. Spice Just core, explain right. what that is for a second for people. Okay, so the Spice Core is like a user group. Uh, it began primarily with people who use SpiceWorks, and the Spice Core would meet and share their experiences and help new users to SpiceWorks get more use out of the application. That's the way it was for, for many, many years, and that's the way we used it. But at the same time, a vendor may sponsor a meeting and get 15 minutes to plug their, their stuff and they'd give you pizza, beer, and whatever at the same time, which was a win-win for everybody. They had, they got contact with, with people who might buy their stuff and, and we got access to vendors to actually, you know, talk to and, and most of the time we'd get a technical guy out rather than a sales rep out and we could ask questions that actually could get answered. Or, you know, answers to questions of things that we were actually interested in, not just the price and, and, you know, all the feature sets and things like that. But how does this work? You know, how can I make it work where I'm at? And, uh, you know, what, and what do I need to look for in case it doesn't work like I expect it to? So all those answers were made it easy to run a spy score in those days because you had pretty much a, a meeting set up. A vendor talk for 15 minutes, you eat, you drink, exchange ideas and talk about that. Talk about spice works, take one aspect of it, build it out. Who's doing this? Who's not? You know, how do you, how can I do that if I'm not doing it? You know, where can I find help? So your meetings were, were fast flowed and very interesting. So it was really easy to run back in the old days, but. You know, once the application started not to be upgraded quite so often, it got a little harder to bring people in on the Spicework side of it. So you had to bring more interest from the vendor side and try to get people to show up, you know, because they had interest in something this vendor was doing that might be different than somebody else. And how can we use it? In Dallas, we did stuff like go shoe shotguns, tour data centers, uh, go to... Dave and Buster's for different meetings and the vendor sponsor would educate us on the tech. And like you said, bring the technical person who can answer my technical questions about how this works. And that's generally what they would do. 
Now we we'd always ask ask for the technical guys. So, you know, if you didn't bring a technical guy, you were lost. <laughs> the first questions that we asked were usually technical in nature, and and most sales reps couldn't handle it. But I mean, we were meeting for our purposes. You you take an hour out of an IT guy's day, or an hour and a half out of an IT guy's week. That's valuable time. Because, I mean, most of us were getting, you know, if we were working on salary, you're talking maybe $50, $65 an hour. But, you know, this hour and a half at night, that was our time usually, or an hour and a half during the day. And, you know, that's something we'd have to make up somewhere else because the work's not going to go away. You still got to get it done. You know, so this needs to be fun. It needs to be interesting. It needs to be worthwhile or people aren't going to show up. I try to make it worthwhile with free beer, but... Even that has its limits. <laughs> the uh, thing that I always found interesting was the community that sprang up around it. Because like very little of my time was I actually using Spiceworks application. You know, there was some like network discovery and uh, and um, kind of you know keeping an inventory, network inventory, and then you know maybe a little bit of like ticketing. But other than that like, you know, not a ton of functionality, like, you know, that's certainly useful, but then the community aspect of it, like the, the online, you know, boards around, you know, networking, storage, compute, virtualization, you know, and, and so on and so forth, backup, um, and recovery, all of that, like served to like educate people, you know, in something that, Honestly, you, you, earlier on, you said, you know, people who didn't have a degree, like, you know, where do you get a degree in IT? You know, it's, it's almost all like apprentice, you know, uh, journeyman master, like where you come in and, you know, learn it on the fly. So, you know, you could just accelerate your learning so quickly by asking questions, you know, following the answers that people who had previously asked questions got and, you know kind of learning the frequently asked questions. It was, it was really fascinating community. And I, I feel really bad that, you know, I got so much out of it. I haven't been able to participate in the last four to six years, really, um, just because of how busy I've gotten. But it's it's really amazing to, to think that a, such a place can exist. Spiceworks originally helped me out quite a bit with the ticketing, with the network inventory. In fact, the... It, Application it replaced was actually named network inventory. And regulators, as you mentioned earlier, they wanted you to know what all the hardware was, what all the software software was in the network. And Spiceworks did its scan and, and could find it for a long time. As Windows was increasing the security on it, it got a little bit harder to do. But uh, you could still do it. And there were some other applications that built up around the Spiceworks community. Uh, if you look at PDQ... Uh, pdq.com without the spiceworks community they wouldn't have had the growth that they had and they were more of an add-on for a long time or like a co-conspirator they had their application that kind of helped sometimes things that did a little better Uh, you know spiceworks promised for years that we could be able to push applications and things like that well pdq was doing it so spiceworks never got to that point but PDQ did, and PDQ got a, a whole business out of being a, a cheap add-on like that compared to Microsoft's applications for, for doing the same kind of things. But, you know, I met the guys who, 
who started the PDQ company back when it was Admin Arsenal, and I met him at Spice World. And, uh, you know, they showed me what their stuff could do. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I'll take the free version for a while. And then, you know, it got to the point where we needed to, you know, when regulators, again, you're talking about regulators, they required you to be up to date, you know. And now you have to be up to date within 30 days. I mean, that's a max you can be out of date without getting in trouble. So you've got to have help to get it done. And you've got to be able to scan exactly what's there and you got to be able to push updates if need be pdq can do all that spiceworks kind of they got to a point where they they don't even scan well anymore so you you were left out with one of the things that you originally looked for it so we ended up more using spiceworks only for the ticketing and and that's it we use pdq for pretty much everything else as far as the general applications and stuff goes. Yeah, I, it's funny. Like for me, it was 99% community. <laughs> 99% community. Well, if you were, if you had started out in 2007 with them, back in 2006, 2007, and that they actually were doing some stuff there that was very handy for IT pros that oh, yeah. not a whole lot of people were doing at near the price point. I mean, we paid 10000 plus a year for network inventory from Bindview. And then Bindview sold, but they wanted us, instead of continuing network inventory, they wanted us to buy their product at 38000 And it was like, uh, we can't afford 38000 There's not going to be an ROI for us for like 10 years on this. You know, until regulators come up, then they, they probably can give you a better ROI now. Back in 2006 and 2007, you know, there wasn't one. And then I ran across Spiceworks, which would, could give me almost all the same information that Bindview was giving me. And it was free. All I had to do was run it on a server, you know. And uh, so that was no big deal. I had some spare hardware. I could sit around and do that. Oh, and by the way, we can do ticketing on it. I don't have to depend on emails. So, I mean, that was a plus in that respect. So we got, we got two birds with one stone, but this was, you know, 2007 to 2000, probably 15. The app was a big deal. At some point along, Spiceworks got the idea that they were a marketing company marketing to IT pros, or they were marketing IT pros to vendors trying to, to make a match. And, you know, the focus on the app and helping IT pros went to, Hey, how can we get IT pros to match up with a vendor and we can get money from the vendor? It was, it, it changed the focus. It changed the format. And then pretty much all you had left was the community. You guys and I were friends in the community long before we met each other. Then when we meet at a spice world and find out how, you know, nice everybody is, and you say, Oh, I'm coming to spice world just to meet up with you guys. <laughs> you know, the heck with yep. going to sessions or whatever. Or, hey, there's a session here. I don't have to go to the session. I, I'm, I'm meeting up with John. We're going to we're going to talk about this and this and this. And I'll learn more from John than I will there. <laughs> yeah, some great conversations for sure. Yeah, I mean, and you, you look at people like Rob Dunn and Scott Miller. And you can learn more outside the session than you can from going to their sessions. I mean, it was the community because the people shared and and they were willing to, and they were all friendly. You know, this it, it it was fun. 
It was good friendship and fellowship. And what else can you ask of life? And if you have that, you've got it all. There you go. And to your point, you know, if you're putting time into a participation in a community, that's your time that you're giving back. Just like you said, in the evening time for a spice core, this would be maybe, maybe you're taking a break from work or during work or after hours, you're spending your time putting into the community to help other people. And that's, that's just a really great thing. Not all of us have the knowledge of Rob Dunn, Scott Allen Miller and stuff like that. So no, but if we can ask them a question and get a quick answer, save us three or four hours of research and studying. Absolutely. Being able to pick people's brains. Yeah. And you also make those, I think to your point, you make those friendships, right? It was people in Spiceworks who kicked me in the butt and said, hey, why are you doing what it is that you're doing? Why are you working for that small company? You should dream bigger, right? And uh, and actually got me moving in the direction of, you know, thinking about, hey, like what wh- I need to extend my reach, right? I need to to think bigger, you know, work for a bigger company, maybe work for a vendor. I mean, all of those things just you don't necessarily have in your mind until somebody says, you know, looks at you, you know, sideways and goes, what is it that you do again? <laughs> Who do you work for? Like, you know. Well, you, you know, you, you have those options and you meet people and they said, hey, I'd like to hire you over here. I mean, if you look at my situation, when I got in the network administrator job at Wallace Bank, it was like. To get a a network administrator job, I would have had to go to Houston, 50 miles away. And this one was five miles from my home. They let me work in an office five miles from my home. I don't get as much money as I'd get in Houston. But there's a lot of benefits to being able to come home every night at a decent hour. And, you know, going to work at a decent hour. And doing what you need to do and having the flexibility of getting off when you need to go do something and, and being close enough to do it. Uh, but And without having to move, because I'm not one that wants to get up and, and, and go. In my career, I've only had, had three jobs. So it, I wasn't jumping from one to another to another. I mean, you could. You know, if you have the knowledge, you have the contacts, you can do that. You guys, you know, jump from... You know, small gigs up to some of the biggest ones out there. And, you know, I, I'm not jealous of you. I'm glad you were able to do it. And I'm, I'm, but it's not for me. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so interesting that, you know, that decision point of, you know, how do I make a, you know, what is it that my next move is, right? Like, what is it that's important for me? You you kind of identified that, you know, in a nutshell, like I want to be able to, you know, work, you know, five miles away from where I live, not 50. And that's, that, you know, that's a big deal. That's not a one hour commute, right? That's a, that's over an hour commute. And to say, okay, that's, you know, call it, you know, an hour and 15, you know, every day, you know, more than 10 hours a week that I'm going to be sitting in a car like that, that's impacting my quality of life to be able to, to, you know, have the presence of mind to say, I can stay local, you know, maybe I you know, I have to make that trip, you know, once a month, but here's what I get out of it. That's so important. And not everybody has the presence of mind to do that. Well, I mean, you, you can learn it early or you can learn it late. Yeah. 
you know, eventually you're going to want a place to, to call home. You're going to want a place where you feel you can relax and get away from things. And, you know, always being at the top is not always where you want to be. Sure. You know, speaking of relaxing, Dwayne, I kind of wonder about that transition into retirement. I remember I saw you post about it on LinkedIn. I think you replied to something that I wrote and you're like, should I still think about this only six months away from retirement? I, I'm curious, how's it been? You know, what, what kinds of things were you thinking about as you were getting closer to retirement, planning for it? And what's it been like on the other side? Well, on the business side, I, I had multiple projects that I wanted to get through. I didn't want to leave them, you know, half done. I wanted to get them completed and documented. And so I could leave it to the next guy to move on from there and not have to go backwards and and figure out how to finish something that I'd started. So at work, we started working probably six months before I left. What do we need to have done by the time I leave? And I gave them plenty of notice because, you know, they, they've known for years that I was going to retire at some point. So, I mean, that's, we had, we had my successor hired like three years before I left. So he could get in and get everything lined up because we, before that we were not really a one man shop, but it was, you know, one guy with the, the skills and a lot of people who could follow directions well. So not a lot, but a couple of people who could follow directions well if you gave them directions. So we wanted to get that done. Um, on the home side, my wife had quit work, not technically retired, but she was in a situation that was the stress was off the wall, wasn't worth what she was bringing in. And uh, she just called one day. She says, you mind if I quit? I said, nope, go for it. We had, we had transitioned off of her salary for like a year and a half before that and decided that, you know, we're going to retire one day. We want to get used to a lower income. There's some things that we'll just put this money toward those things that, that you make. Whatever you make, it'll go toward this. So we'll have that out of the way when we actually do retire. So she quit a little earlier than, than we really wanted to. But it wasn't a big deal. It didn't hurt us anything because we were, you know, on that transition stage already. So you know, when we were getting ready to retire, we looked at our finances and looked where we were with things. We thought we were in pretty good shape, but, you know, we talked to a financial advisor anyway, and he says, oh, you're in super shape. You know, why are you still working? And it's like, okay, well, I think we're going to be all right. Where can we safely put our money? And so so we don't have to worry about it. We, we might not need it right away. You know, where can we go? So we, we set up some stuff. You know, they said, you won't need it for 10 years. I said, no. Not doing that. I want to start taking extra money next year while I'm still young enough to enjoy it. We we had some things that, that worked to our favor right when I retired. So the financial part went fine. Now, I came home and my wife says, hey, we're going to have a big blowout uh, for retirement. So we got to get the house ready. <laughs> and so for the first six weeks after I retired, all I was doing, I mean, I was working 16 hours a day, Oof. cleaning up house, yard, everything that she wanted done. And we had that freeze that came in and wiped out her plants and she has gardens galore. So it was like, we have to get these all reestablished before the party. 
And so then we had the party and it rained and about only half the people came. So, and they didn't get to enjoy the gardens anyway, because it was raining. I mean, raining, raining, raining. We transitioned, but she said, after the party, you know, you can do what you want. <laughs> so I was looking forward to after the party. My other retirement thing my, was to transition into a solo guitar vocal career type deal to extra money and something that I love doing. And because of COVID coming back and forth like stuff, it's it hasn't been real active. Uh, some of the performing's picking up now. And uh, so I'm going to transition into that a little bit more. But I have a shirt that says, you know, retirement plan with a guitar on it. So I hope I want to do a little bit more of that uh, than I have been. But I did do a, I have done a lot of YouTube learning, you know, so I guess you, you always look for the silver lining. But with COVID, all of the good guitar players were not touring. So for some reason or other, they all picked up YouTube channels, which is maybe even better because you almost always have a front row seat. And, you know, they're doing tricks and stuff like that. And you can see what they're doing, adapt what they're doing to what you do and, you know, make improvements for yourself. So I've done a lot of that. I mean, I've only been retired for it's October seven months. Uh, so far, we've enjoyed it. We've made a couple of long trips. Going to make some more. Going tomorrow on a four day, and then end of the month another seven day, and hopefully in December a, a ten or eleven day trip to Europe if uh, Europe will let us in. Financially, we're making it. Uh, haven't missed out on anything. My wife still goes gets what she wants. Her retirement's been sewing. She loves to sew, so she went and bought herself a the Maserati of sewing machines. And I encouraged her to get the biggest and the best so she wouldn't have to buy another one later down the road. Then buy it one time, you know, learn what it can do and, and do it. So she's making quilts, making table runners, placemats and things like that that are, are quilted. She also is, a, she won't admit it, but she's a, a talented artist uh, on wine bottles. So she... He makes art out of wine bottles and people like them. She gives them away primarily for gifts. She sold a few for a lot less than she should have, but <laughs> it's it. She just enjoys doing it. Just the same as I give my music away, same way, you know. I, I want to play. I don't care if anybody pays me or not. I can afford it. They don't have to pay me now. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an income. <laughs> I can go and play just for fun. Now, if your phone rings late at night, do you get PTSD? Uh, I worry about family because that should be the only reason my, that would be the only reason my phone would ring. I have a 95 year old mother. I've got an 85 year old brother-in-law. My oldest sister's 75 and, and then we go all the way down to my youngest grandson's five. So if I get a call late at night, you know, I'm worried something happened to somebody. So you've completely transitioned off uh, worrying about uh, the network is down. That's 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 a sign of growth. Well, I don't worry about my network being down. Um, I do have a couple of customers. I've, I've got a small MSP uh, helping out some very small businesses. Uh, my wife's cousins run a dental office in a neighboring town. And the last time they had upgraded a server was in 2009. And Ouch. so they were way behind. I built them a new small network with a virtualized server. 
So I looking at that, maintaining it, and I've stressed them back up. So I had a system going in there where we back it up every night and rotate the backups and stuff like that. Came back from vacation and, and uh, something happened on one of the passwords and stuff like that. And there were no backups yesterday. Ouch. I mean, not, not a one except the original ones that I locked away. And so I had to re figure out what was going on with that system and, and restart it. But uh, other than that, uh, then I've got another guy who's who's been using Outlook for his file cabinet for 10 years. And he had a computer crash. And so the local file was gone except for the backup, which wasn't quite like he wanted it. And so we've been working on that for a couple of weeks now, trying to get him back to where he's happy with his email system. And I'm trying to transition him to saving things outside of Outlook. It sounds like you're keeping busy even in retirement. Do you have any advice for people who are who are keeping their eye on, on retirement? Like I, I definitely had like some advice like earlier on in my career, like people told me like, hey, you can't start saving early enough. You know, you're, you're just going to wish that you had started saving and putting money in retirement accounts early. And also like, hey, you're saving for retirement, not for generational wealth. Right. Like, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> unless you like come from a certain, you know, type of, uh, income, you're not, you're not saving up for your, uh, great, great, great grandkids. So like, you know, to keep that in mind, um, what's, what are some lessons that you've learned? Well, I, I'm not planning on the generational wealth. I'm hoping I don't spend everything I've earned, but, uh, I'm the, the savings early on, you know, put it aside and don't touch it if you can help it. You know, leave it there. I, I know all sorts of people who are living on Social Security alone. You know, it's they're not very happy. They can't do what they want to do. Sacrifice a little bit early on and see where it goes. The uh, power of... Um, compound interest. Compound interest. Thank you. Time value of money. getting old, so it's hard. Compound, the power of compound interest is just amazing if you, over years... You know, you think two or three years is, is it's no big deal, but when you turn two or three years into twenty, forty years, it adds up. It adds up big time. It it can make an entire difference on on your life after sixty five. And you know, being able to do what I want to do is is half the battle. So, you know, you you have to plan for something outside of computers. I use computers for news primarily keeping up with people and uh, that I don't do as much as I thought I would be doing on the information security side because uh, I, I still maintain a membership in InfraGuard and you know I've been doing information security for 26 years and so it's it's very hard to transition off of that but I'm not doing nearly as what I thought I would because I've got so many other things that I'm doing and uh, things that I enjoy and family and, and friends are a big part of our retirement. The fact that we can spend more time with family and friends and, and do it when we want to, or when they need it it is a big deal. It it really makes life a lot better. It sounds like what you're talking about is like autonomy, like the ability to make the decisions that you want to make without really needing to be able to consult anybody else. Yeah, my wife has a shirt that says, I'm retired. I'll do what I please. Dwayne, I, you know, time's running short. Um, 
not for you. I'm talking about like our recording time. Um, I, I was just wondering if you have any closing thoughts that you can, you know, maybe leave with us as you look back over your career. Um, and before we, uh, close off for the night. I think one of the things that a lot of IT people forget is that you're helping others. Uh, if you keep that in mind that you're helping others, it makes all the work seem less work. And if so, if you keep it up, you know, transition to the idea that I'm not working for myself. I'm not working for the company. I'm working for the people at my company. And uh, it'll, it'll make your job go a lot smoother. And then when it comes time to retire, you'll have a lot of friends that are will be there for you. That's amazing advice. Dwayne, thank you so much for your time tonight. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, we really appreciate it, Dwayne. I enjoyed it. Good to see you guys again. Nick, every time we talk to somebody that we know from Spiceworks, it uh, brings a smile to my face. Always like uh, touching base with that community again. Absolutely. Good times, man. A lot of good people that we've met from that community that have helped us in tremendous ways that we can't even describe. Yeah, I uh, will tell you something that happened to me today that I, I didn't talk to you about yet. Um, uh, one of my colleagues at Google Cloud sent me a an email it was a screenshot he's like hey look what i uh tripped across today and it was a discussion of a topic that he was investigating at spiceworks where i was part of the conversation just really cracked me up i i That's man, so cool. i wish i wish i i had time to participate a little bit more instead of just lurking the way i've been uh doing but i'll i'll, I'll try to Try to work it in. It's hard when you have your head in the cloud, man. <laughs> Maybe it's a 2022 goal. There you go. Somebody note that down. What did you uh, like about Dwayne's interview? Here's what I'm thinking. That financial advice that he gave to me goes back to don't skimp on the backups. He said Ooh, that in, yeah. in episode 150, right? Yep. And to me... Part of your backup plan, at least for yourself and for your retirement, is making sure that you're financially ready. And as you heard, he, he and his wife did a great job of making sure they were ready. And I thought he made a great point about wanting to take more out while he could actually enjoy it and use it. Right, right. I really love the idea that he's, you know, spending his retirement actually living and not, you know, constantly worrying about like what if like you know what if we run out of money like you know we need to pay pair way way back like part of that is doing the planning up front right and saving for retirement you know early early on in your career while you have that time for compound interest to, to work for you i also really enjoyed him modeling what retirement can look like right you don't have to stop doing interesting things in technology you can still consult with people who are interested in paying you for your knowledge and paying you for your time it's just that it's not something where the choice is taken away from you you're choosing to do it 
And if you choose not to do it, then you can go on a trip with your family. You can hop on a cruise. You can watch uh, soap operas is, you know, just one choice. I, I, it didn't seem like, uh, didn't seem like he was making that choice. No, I even like the fact that his wife picked up a nice hobby as well, getting into arts and crafts and doing a lot of sewing. They're keeping their mind sharp. And I think that's a great thing to do. And when you've worked all your life and learned so many things, I like the commitment to not stopping that learning. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're retired doesn't mean that you stop doing all the things that brought you joy, you know, for your entire life. In fact, you can double down and focus on those things, you know, and find, you know, just the the things that really, you know, like I said, you enjoy them and you don't have to do them for work. You're doing it purely for, for the pleasure and the, the mental stimulation of it. So, you know, I just really loved hearing about that. Yeah. And that, that ties in really well in an interesting way with his discussion of his job choice at the bank that was five minutes away compared to a long drive that would have paid more money. Yeah. That decision to, um, review what was important to him and to his family and then make a conscious decision like that was so interesting. And, you know, we talk about it. We say, what is it that's going to make you happy? Is it a bigger title? Is it more money? Is it, you know, managing other people? Is it, you know, glory and fame? And here's somebody who actually went through that process and decided, you know, I'm I'm not going to be a job hopper. You know, I don't need to move to a bigger city to get, you know, to operate on a bigger stage. You know, I'm really, really happy with my quality of life here and everything that I'm doing here. And I don't want to compromise that. And he's happy, right? You heard it. It made him happy. And that's a great thing. And not, I don't think everybody weighs all those when they need to make a decision like that. It's hard too, because if you have a job offer presented, you don't have a whole lot of time to decide what you're going to do. 48 hours, maybe 72. Uh, Who knows? It could be less in some situations. Hopefully you have some realization of what those priorities are before you're presented with options and decisions. Yeah, I think it maybe goes back to, you know, kind of doing a career check-in. And maybe that's an idea for a future episode of like, hey, let's, you know, check in, figure out, you know, what it is that I want to do. You know, how does that work with what the members of my family want to do? What's the next step? What are the things that, you know, we would, you know, enjoy doing? Changes that would be okay. Changes that would not be okay. And then, you know, I I think maybe it kind of fits in with that Dreaming in Bands episode that we did, right? Episode 19. Yeah. Like what, you know, where are the places in in the world that I would enjoy living while I was doing my job? Like what are the types of commutes that I'd be willing to do? You know, who are the types of people that I'd be interested in working for? And then when those opportunities come up, you have at least a basis to go back and look at and not have to, you know, do everything from scratch. But we shouldn't do that episode right now. No. We should just plan to do it in the future. I agree with you. And I would also encourage listeners, if you haven't listened to, I think it's episodes round about 53 through 58 about unexpected career opportunities. There's a little bit of that discussion in those episodes. 
that John's talking about here. Nice. Yeah. Excellent. Well, is there anything else that's popped into your mind? Are you ready to get out of here? Other than saying a big thank you to Dwayne for sharing his experiences, I'd say that's it for me. Nice. Just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Please rate the show. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter, at NerdJourney. All right. Farewell, listeners. Tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at VJourneyman. For Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore, signing off. Adios. Adios.